Welcome to Insight into Teaching Intro Psychology, a McGraw-Hill informative audio series. These podcasts feature subject matter experts, instructors, and authors discussing psychology-related topics in higher education. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Insight into Teaching Introductory Psychology. My name is A.J. LaFerrera. I am one of the marketing managers at McGraw-Hill. And today we have another special episode uh, of the podcast where we're partnering with the Psychi Honor Society. And today we are joined by three great members of the organization who I would love to quickly introduce themselves. So Martha, would you kick us off? Yes, I'm Martha Zalakovich, and I'm the Executive Director of Psychi. I guess you could say this is my second major career in psychology. I was faculty at Southeast Missouri State for 18 years before I took this position and have been with Psychi as Executive Director since 2008. I'm a developmental psychologist, and when I was at Southeast, I taught intro psych for majors and minors, child development, adolescent development, lifespan development, and advanced child psychology. I feel like I'm next up on the dating game. Hi, everybody. I'm Eric Landrum, and I'm at Boise State University. And uh, I've actually been here, it's my 25th year, and I am celebrating my 35th year as a member of Psychi. I am honored this year to be serving as the international president of Psychi, uh, and uh, I am very happy to be on the podcast and to be talking to you today about not only the contributions that we can make to psychology, but also the importance of research to our field. Hi, I'm John Edlund. I'm at the Rochester Institute of Technology. I'm the Psychi Research Director. I'm also the Chapter Advisor of our local chapter. I've been at RIT since 2009. I teach intro psych, social, forensic, evolutionary psych, human sexuality, and several research methods courses. Great. Well, thank you, uh, all three of you, for joining us on the podcast. Very excited for our topic at hand today. So before we get started, I know most people are, are listening to the podcast are likely familiar with Psychi, but Martha, do you want to walk us through the mission statement a little bit and tell us a little bit more about the organization? Yes, I'd love to do that. Our mission statement is recognizing and promoting excellence in the science and application of psychology. And we have many, many different methods and ways of supporting the science and application of psychology that we'll be talking about. Um, recognizing excellence is what we do when we recognize someone who has achieved the grades and the psych, completed the psych courses to make them eligible to become a member. So we were established in 1929 as the National Honor Society in Psychology. In 2009, we became the International Honor Society in Psychology. And basically, we still have all the same requirements for the International Society as before, with completing three psych courses for undergraduates, being in the top 35% in their cumulative grades, and scoring well academically in their psychology major. They have to declare a psychology major or a psychology minor. Most people do join as an undergraduate. Most people are psychology majors, but we have students who join from all different majors because of being able to join as a psych minor. We also have a lot of people who join as graduate students 
or even as faculty. So you can join at either level, and it's a membership for a lifetime. So once somebody joins, they can transfer to another university and participate in the chapter at that university. We are at many universities across the United States and across 15 countries, 20 different chapters outside the 50 states. It, it even means if a student graduates with an undergraduate degree in psychology as a Psychi member, they can literally go to any university in the world and apply for graduate student awards and grants because they continue to be a member regardless of whether their graduate university has a chapter of Psychi or not. So Eric, we were talking a little bit earlier about the many reasons that every school should make sure that they have a Psy Chi or a Psy Beta on their campus. Uh, do you want to spend a couple minutes kind of going through some of those reasons for anyone who may not have a chapter on their campus? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah, thank you, AJ. And I think before I do that, let me just talk a little bit about how I think that, that Psy Chi and psychology are linked at the core because I think uh, this, the notion of research and being a scientific discipline, being one of the STEM disciplines, really reaches out to both the Psychi member and the science of psychology because, you know, uh, a great deal of the effort and resources that we have available in Psychi is devoted to research. And we support research in our undergraduate and graduate students and faculty members, by the way, through grants, travel grants to regional research conferences, awards, scholarships scholarships, the Psychi Journal of Research, we have an eye on Psychi magazine, we have digests, and so, you know, we, not only do we support the distribution of psychological knowledge, but we support the empirical creation of that knowledge through our own network of, of researchers. And so, not only does that apply to the undergraduate Intro to Psychology course, but it really would apply to anyone who's teaching psychology at any level. And we make many of those resources available to anyone, not just uh, Psychi uh, members or Psychi faculty advisors. And so I guess that at first I wanted to, to make that emphasis that at our core, Psychi is about advancing the science of psychology. And I'm, I'm proud of that. And, I, and actually, I, I'd like John Edlin, our director of research, to to kind of back me up and, and go into some of the details of some of the projects that he's working on. So thanks, Eric. One of the things that I'm really proud of that our committee has started is working with trying to have the distributed model of doing research. So one of the tools that's new out there is the Psychological Science Accelerator, which is somebody that we've partnered with because their goal is to bring many labs to look at research questions because, as we know, there are lots of challenges that one lab can't necessarily overcome, and especially our Psychi members at smaller universities, that if their subject pool is very small or if they don't even have a subject pool, it can be very challenging to do good research. So one of their goals is to tie researchers together to build upon ourselves. Our specific project that we're working on them with is called the Network for International Collaborative Exchange, which we call the NICE project. There's two flavors of it that are coming. One is working with the Psych Accelerator, and the other is going to be working with chapters, that we're going to 
Our goal is to have a project a year that will be rolled out and encouraged that local chapters can participate in where students and faculty can get involved in research that has been nominated and chosen for being empirically uh, valid and being a project that would be feasible at many universities. So that's been one of the new projects that's uh, coming that I'm really proud of. We also have lots of other projects that we have and tools that would be available. We have a database of databases that link research tools and their free tools, uh, which is one of our criteria to list them. So intro to psych instructors or any instructor could go to this database if they needed a measure on self-esteem, for instance, they could throw that in as a search term and get access to hosted measures of self-esteem. So any tool, be it a visual perception tool, if it's out there on the web and we've encountered it, we've built it into our database so people can go and look at it. So John, of all the opportunities that you just described, are, are those available for anyone in the country, or are they just available to Psychi members? Well, it's both, actually. So the NICE project actually has two subunits to it. We have the NICE crowd, which is only available to Psychi members that we're going to be working with the Psych Accelerator people to roll this out to chapters to potentially implement. But there's also a version where we've partnered with StudySwap, and that's the NICE Connect, where the goal is to just connect researchers uh, that are interested in international collaborative projects to one another, regardless of whether they're Psychi members. Awesome. I appreciate that. And I'm actually going to circle back to something later in our conversation. Thanks. Uh, just to mention that our NICE Connect going through study swap that goes through the open science framework promoting open science and it's not just open to anyone in the united states or anyone at a university with a chapter it's literally open to any psychology faculty member and any psychology student in the entire world and we have quite a few people who've already signed up from it from all over the world in a lot of different countries. So that's very exciting. Uh, and we don't want to have to recreate the wheel, so we're using some of these well-established programs and networks to promote opportunities for our members and people who'd like to work with our members. But one thing I was thinking, I'll ask you a question too, John, for our members who may not be as familiar with StudySwap or with Psych Accelerator, would you mind explaining those a little bit more? So Psych Accelerator, the Psychological Science Accelerator, their goal is essentially a, a massive distributed lab that you would join, you would do data collection in your own lab, you could nominate studies to be uh, a part of that. The study swap is a slightly different approach to linking labs together. Study swap, you can do one of two things. You can post that you have the ability to collect data for somebody. So let's say I was at a university in Japan and I had available participants. I might post that I'm in Japan, that I have available participants. Or if I was posting for myself, I might post that I'm at the Rochester Institute of Technology, that I have access to a couple hundred participants any given semester. 
uh, and that I have a abundance of uh, deaf and hard of hearing uh, participants in case that was uh, something that people were looking for. The other version is you could post that you have needs, that you need participants from a particular region of the world, or if somebody had posted that they needed deaf or hard of hearing participants, RIT hosts the National Technical Institute for the Deaf, so we have a large sample of deaf and hard of hearing students. Our majors, we have a large number of them, and in our Intro to Sight class, we have a large number of deaf and hard of hearing students. So I might be able to meet somebody's need if they posted they had that kind of a need. So it's two different approaches to improving open science. And I think Martha or Eric, I think one of the things you guys might talk about in terms of open science is the Psychi Journal and how they offer badges related to the open science. Yeah, and, and Martha can probably speak a little bit more accurately to that, but I know in the past year or so there has been the trend for many journals, including our own Psychi Journal, to offer uh, open data, uh, pre-registration, different types of badges that recognize this uh, this up-and-coming trend of open science. And I, off the top of my head, I do not know the number of badges that uh, we are currently offering. Perhaps Martha does, though. Um, yes, we have four different badges, open data, where we would allow, the, the researchers allow others to use their data and reanalyze open materials where they make the materials, the tests or whatever other materials they use for their project to be available to other people who'd like to run the study again. Pre-registration is the third one, and that's where you pre-register your expected findings. And then replications if your study is replicating the findings of another researcher in order to uh, lend strength to the findings if you get the same thing. And, and related to all of this, we have our first Open Science Badges Journal coming out the next issue. The editor, Dr. Debbie Brannon, put out a call for a special issue, and we're very excited to have that launching very soon. Yeah, and I think if, if, I, can, if I can butt in here, uh, listening to John talk about research and to listening to Martha talk about the journal, you know, that street name, I suppose, for what's happening might be kind of crowdsourcing, but it strikes me that, you know, there's this power in numbers. There's this power in collaboration across time and space that many people in psychology are starting to leverage and appreciate. And I, I think psychi has been part of that for a long time. And I'm, I'm proud to say that, you know, we've been collaborating with chapters, and since 2009, chapters all around the world. And I want to talk about one other example, and I, I apologize for being a little self-centered here for a couple of minutes, but again, I'm honored to be the international president for the 2017-2018 year. And one of the things that I was able to convince the board of, a, of directors to allow me to do was to have this year what's called the presidential initiative. And this is, again, one of these things that's going to be kind of a crowdsourced across space and time types of events. And so I have a presidential initiative, which is called Help Helped Me. And if I was able to demonstrate this to you in a hashtag, it would be help with an underscore, and then helped me, 
altogether. So it's help helped me. And so the notion in a nutshell is that we want to highlight and promote that people who have sought out help and tell their success stories. And in an effort to do that, we destigmatize de help-seeking behavior because we all know that there's a certain amount of people who go untreated and who are stigmatized for seeking help and there's just a lot of folks who are who are suffering who don't need to and so with the help of chapters and the central office and the board of directors and the journal and uh, and so many different people we have launched this campaign it's been a slow start we are gaining momentum if you're going to a regional convention in psychology you'll see buttons you'll see handouts the rollout will continue with chapter activities, but the idea is that we're going to promote help-seeking behavior, and we are going to highlight those who provide that help. And the, the idea would be that we, at some point in our future, we will honor people who seek help as much as we honor people who provide help. You know, we glorify, rightly so, people like firefighters and, and EMTs, why not celebrate those people who visit the therapist, who seek out help? And not just mental health, but physical health, academic health. Let's celebrate the people who go to the calculus review session. Let's, let's celebrate those people who are going to the rec center to, to improve their physical health. And so I just wanted to mention that. And it's one of those really cool things that you can do when you're part of a large organization and you have the means to affect change. And I, I thank you for the, a chance to talk about that. I appreciate it. And I'll just mention it. I think this is an initiative that could be ongoing for many years. Our chapters can participate in whatever way makes sense to them. But when you have so many undergraduates who are interested in studying psychology because they want to help someone, but they're not yet at the point in their career where they're really qualified or trained to do it, this is a way that, that they really can help people, not by providing the care themselves, but by encouraging people not to feel afraid about going to seek out the help that they need by doing things like figuring out where on their own campus people might go for every kind of help imaginal, imaginable, like Eric was describing. Um, and there are already things that chapters are doing that they're letting us know, dovetailed with Eric's initiative, that, that I think it will be a, a great overarching kind of activity for many of our chapters for years to come. And I think having students contribute on an ongoing basis is going to be really important for the long-term success and, and really having the impact. It's one thing to have The Rock tweet that he has dealt with depression, but that's going to fade from the public consciousness very, very quickly, and having something sustained to remind people what happens in real life is really important. Right, and the idea will be that throughout the rest of 2018 and perhaps you know into 2019, we'll be developing chapter activities that that we'll make available to all of our chapters, where 
they can, if they want to have a movie night, we'll have resources already available. If they want to do a campus and community inventory, we'll have some resources available on how to do that. How do you identify all the help providers? I doubt that many campuses have a comprehensive one-stop shop of all the possible places and ways a student could get help. And a lot of students don't realize they can go into the community and get free help because they are members of that community. And so I hope it's going to be the type of thing that I'm envisioning it. And I've had a ton of great support from local professionals in the Chattanooga community, from Martha in her executive director position, Dr. Nadine Caslow, a former president of the American Psychological Association, has been on board with this, and some of her colleagues at Emory University. And I'll just mention this as well. We're thrilled that at the 2018 American Psychological Association Convention, in relation to this initiative, the Psychi Distinguished Speaker will be Dr. Phil McGraw. Now, Dr. Phil McGraw is indeed a Psychi member inducted 1975 from Midwestern State University. And not only is he obviously interested in this initiative, he is a, he's thrilled about Psychi and he loves Psychi and he's going to be with us in August in San Francisco. And I'll just mention, too, that Nadine Caswell not only joined Psychi as an undergraduate, but served as president of her chapter. President of her chapter as well. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, Eric, I think some of the things that this initiative might have people thinking about on their campus could dovetail with the other director that we have sort of a corollary to John's position as research director, we also have a diversity director and a diversity committee, and they have been working on developing some webinars about difficult conversations. We know there are a lot of different things going on on campus that are sort of new for the generation that's in college now, as young students especially, and uh, they're grappling with how to, how to cope and how to talk to one another, especially if they're trying to talk with people who have very different points of view or who come from very different backgrounds. And all of that could be related or not to the Help Helped Me initiative. But we're very excited about everything that the diversity director, Susie Galore, and the committee are doing on behalf of our members and making available. So, for example, they have a, put together a diversity toolbox for chapters to use, and, and it's available to anyone, so psychology faculty or other psychology students who are not members of Psychi can also look at that toolbox and use some of those diversity tips, I guess would be helpful. And, and Martha, that's a really good point, but, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a slight counterpoint, because you're right, because Psychi gives away a, a lot of the resources that we create. and. And Psychi, to be honest with you, largely uh, operates on uh, probably a three-legged stool of uh, funds through uh, student fees when they join from merchandise sales and from uh, investments from previous uh, student fees from joining. And so, and so that's how we fund all of the things that we fund. And, and so I'm going to depart for just a, a moment and say this. And for... For community college members, I would encourage you to think about starting a chapter within Psi Beta. For four-year schools, whether you're at college or university, 
if you don't have a Psychi chapter and you are eligible as an institution to have a Psychi chapter, to think about a Psychi chapter. Although we give away a lot of these things and we make them available, your students and your faculty are missing out on some things. Uh, your students are missing out on scholarship opportunities. Your students are missing out on grants and travel research awards. And some of these things like the chapter activities are going to be things that members need to log into to have access to. And so I, that would be my gentle pitch for, and I'm not here to shill for money. I'm here to promote Psychi and say, there are some really cool things that are happening, and come hang out with us and help improve psychology, help us improve the research that we do, help us improve college campuses. And I'm going to put the plug in for how easy it is to set up a Psychi chapter, because while I've been in the role of Psychi Research Director for three years now, my university has only had a chapter for just barely a year now. We're going to be inducting our second cohort uh, in a couple of weeks here. And I can say from lived experience that the central office is incredibly easy to work with when it comes to setting up a chapter. There's definitely a little bit of work that goes into it. You need to have an active psych club on campus already, but it is a very easy process. And I've seen it in my own students that the light in the excitement from the opportunities that come from being Psychi members. And we have a very active chapter here on campus because they see the value as undergraduates and graduate students of being members and making it as good as you possibly can. So I also feel there's no good reason to not have a chapter on campus and to have your students be very, very active as Psychi members. And also for those who come to a four-year university having been a member of Beta, you are perfectly positioned to really already know the value of an honor society when you arrive on campus, unlike some first semester freshmen maybe. And we very much welcome those transfer students to become involved with the Psychi chapter. Most chapters invite every student who's interested to do everything that they are doing, to attend every meeting and participate in whatever's going on, listen to speakers. They cannot vote and they can't serve as officers and they usually don't go to inductions if they're not being inducted as a member, already a member. But many of the activities are open to students who are not yet members and including those who are transferring in with their side data membership, transferring into the university. Having said all that, you know, Psychi is a very generous organization. I would encourage uh, the folks listening to this podcast to grab all that you can from our website and take advantage of the resources that are available. You know, and I've been affiliated with McGraw-Hill for a long time, and I would uh, encourage you to contact your, your sales reps and take advantage of the resources that they make available to you. Uh, I know that when I've 
adopted McGraw-Hill books, there's been a lot of, of amazing resources available. And I'm actually going to pitch for one more organization that's not part of this podcast at all, the Society for the Teaching of Psychology, or Division Two of APA. They, too, will give away a lot of things for free on their website. Their website is teachpsych.org, T-E-A-C-H, P-S-Y-C-H dot O-R-G. And uh, if you want to look at a, a project syllabus, and you want to see a sample syllabus for any class you can imagine, if you want to look at assessment instruments, if you want to look at all kinds of things, there are some things that are member benefits, but there are some amazing resources there, and many of them are peer-reviewed. There's lots of helpful resources for teachers of psychology. There's so much to do. Also, you know, one of the newest things while I'm on a roll here would be uh, um, PASS, P-A-S-S at APA org. If you look at project assessment, thank you. Um, if you just go to APA.org and Google project assessment, you create a username and a password, and you're going to get access to 50 or 60 different assessments that are, that are created. Some are going to be perfectly appropriate to pop into general psych. Others are going to be for upper division psych as well. And so I wanted to pitch for... There's all kinds of great resources out there that could very well make your job a little bit easier teaching our psychology majors and our psychology students. So, Eric, your, your mention of the APA website makes me think of, a, of some other opportunities we have available, and those are at APA convention, at APS convention, and the six regional conventions. We have a short program at APA and APS compared to the regionals. We also have an exhibit booth at APS and the regionals. If people want to stop by and find out more about Psychi, pick up some materials. Uh, we always talk about picking up some bling, so it's usually giving something cool away with, with Psychi printed on it. But there are six regional conventions, like NPA, Midwestern Psychological Association, SEPA, Southeastern Psychological Association, for example. That is where we are able to see our student members in person most often. That's where we have the largest groups of students submitting research posters and papers and presenting research posters and papers. Although we have over 200, sometimes over 300, who are presenting in the different tracks or divisions at APS and APA respectively, it's a huge group of students presenting at these regional conventions both undergraduate and graduate students at most conventions, and it's a huge networking opportunity for them, not only to meet students who are so excited about psychology, deciding what they're going to do after they complete their degree, whether it's going to graduate school in psychology or not, and talking to faculty and sometimes even meeting the superstars that they've been reading about in their books that they will get to often have a conversation hour with the speaker. So, for example, we mentioned Nadine Caso earlier. She is the distinguished speaker at RMPA this year, and students will have a, an opportunity to meet and talk with her. But this, the programs that are created at each of these regionals by the vice president for the board, each vice president is responsible for one of those regional conventions, they invite the speakers, plan it, but there's some sort of standard themes that you'll see across the regionals, like how to get into graduate school, tips on doing well in graduate school in psychology, areas of psychology one might choose to study in graduate school, how to get a good job 
with a four-year degree in psychology, other career options after the four-year degree in psychology besides a doctorate in psychology, activities for the chapter. We always have a chapter exchange where members and officers from different chapters can meet one another as well as the advisors. So there is a lot going on at those meetings, and, and especially when students are looking for faculty to write great letters of recommendation, faculty really need to know a student well to write an excellent letter of recommendation. And when students can find other ways to participate and get with faculty and other kinds of activities besides showing up to class, even if you get an A in the class, doing other things together with faculty is a great way to get to know them and let them get to know you and be able to write a much more personalized and effective letter of recommendation, regardless of whether it's for graduate school or a job. Yeah, Martha, those are great points. And you reminded me of a couple of years that I served as vice president of the Rocky Mountain region. One year I was able to bring Elizabeth Loftus to the Rocky Mountain Convention, and she was amazing. And students already knew about her memory work, and, and they were mm -hmm. just in awe of her presentation. And the other year that I was vice president, I was able to bring Albert Bandura from Stanford out to Rocky Mountain Psych. And he, you know, he's a legend, really. And, you know, he posed with students. Uh, he signed autographs. He signed Bobo dolls. He was the nicest, sweetest man. He was patient. And so, uh, you know, being a member of Psychi, whether it's a student, a faculty member, a vice president, a president, gives you, sometimes gives you access to opportunities and events that other people just don't have. And, uh, and you don't have to be a Psychi member to go to a regional convention, but there are there are perks to going, and it's a lot easier to go when you can apply for a Psychi travel grant. And, so. and, and one of the things that, for me, when I was a Psychi student as an undergrad, speaking of Liz Loftus, she came out to MPA and gave a talk, and it was one of the coolest experiences I had, because going to MPA that year was my first year seeing psychology <laughs> for the real science and starting to network. And for me, one of the smartest things I've ever done in my career, and I encourage all of my students, both grad and undergrad, is to network every chance you can get and get involved every chance you can get because you don't know if the person who's going to be at the poster next to you might have something that's going to be really interesting. You start chatting with them, and years later you start collaborating with them and working on projects that getting out there and seeing psychology for what it really is rather than what you see distilled in a textbook and presented by a class instructor. Right, I agree. Absolutely. Great. Well, that was a ton of information and, and really very informative. Thank you, the three of you. I really appreciate it. And because we covered a lot of ground here in the podcast notes, as we have done in the past, I'm going to provide resources to as much as I possibly can amongst all the things that were referenced. And if you have any other or additional questions or you want to reach out to Eric, John, or Martha, I will also include their contact information if you have any questions about Psychi. And so with that, I want to thank everybody that has joined us and listened to this podcast. I also, of course, want to thank uh, Eric, John, and Martha. And we will hopefully see you all next time. Thanks, everybody. This has been a McGraw-Hill production. Thank you for listening.